Previously on the Project Umbrella podcast. I hate this community. I hate it. A lot of fucking Jill Valentine fanboys come crawling out the woodwork. Have you seen them on The Horrors Alive? The Jill Luminatus right have come crawling out the fucking woodwork again because they got a sniff of Jill. <laughs> Fuck these people. I fucked this community because they're, they're, they're idiots. Most of the people, I mean, there's most of the vast majority of people are just fucking idiots. They're, they're, they're like cheap. They'll buy anything Capcom will sell, and Capcom know this. Can I just point out, you made this exact same rant on the last podcast about not learning about Sherry, and then two days later, Sherry was confirmed in Biohazard 6. <laughs> yeah, you're a bit slap there, mate. There is an astonishing amount of rage coming from you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to episode 5 of the Project Umbrella podcast, where our reconnaissance missions don't result in a full-scale biohazard outbreak, and our staff members show just as much loyalty as Sergei Vladimir. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune, and joining me on the podcast today is Newsbot. Hello. The Batman. Hello. Mr. Spencer. All right. George Trevor. Watcher. I'm also disappointed, Nick, that you didn't mention arses in the introduction. Sorry. <laughs> that was last week's. <laughs> And our very special guest for the podcast, it's Smiley! Agent Provocateur from The Horror is Alive! With over 1,600 posts! Avid collector of Operation Raccoon City! A slant sex sympathizer! From the United States of America, it's Smiley! Where am I again? Smiley, you're up to the Asian wall. No, we won't see you smile no more. This is a Theo podcast, right? Boom. Oh, oh, oh. come yeah, on. back the way you came. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be looking at all the latest news. That's gaming and psych news. The main discussion of the podcast is going to be Biohazard 4, but we're actually going to split that into two, talking about the betas that came before the eventual release. We're going to have a discussion on that, followed then by, of course, Biohazard 4 and uh, what we all thought of the actual game that was finally released on every known console. And, of course, we're going to finish with Neptune and Newsy's Biohazard Quiz. So let's crack on with the news. And the first bit of news to discuss is Biohazard Operation Raccoon City has now been released in Japan with sales figures. Mm, Surprisingly good. The Horrors Alive reported this with 252,525 copies sold in its first week, which is, as you said, not bad. How did that compare to America? Um, I don't have a the figures on me but 
sure someone does here. Well, you know, I've been trying to sell off my copies. I'm living lavish <laughs> right now. I just bought my hot tub because all y'all haters thought that I wouldn't be able to sell any. <laughs> well, that's at least 5,000 copies how... of Southern America. <laughs> yeah, Smiley, how much were you offering with each copy that you were giving away? Sold each one for 500 at first because I didn't know if I could sell a single one, and then I brought the price down. I was talking in terms of you know, paying people to take them off your hands, you know. How how many did, have you sold, do you think, now, Smiley? Mm, four. Four. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us an exact figure on how many you bought? You just said vaguely boxes to I me. spent my inheritance on about a good thousand. Jeez. I, I could just imagine the, when you click on the eBay where it says more than 99 available. Does it say more than 1,000 available or <laughs> something like that on the list? No, 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 it's not an option. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Oh, sorry, no, my, my mistake. Media Create has said that the uh, Operation Raccoon City total sales were 268,000, with the 252,000 being on PlayStation 3, while only Amiga 16,000 were sold on the Xbox 360. But, of course, we do know that, you know, Japan does hate the Xbox. They bought the worst version of the game, too. It's the Xbox version on Japan, the one with Nemesis Mode 2. Or is that like the exclusive to Microsoft? Did anybody play the game? <laughs> uh, who played it here? I played no, it. I played it. I played it. Didn't didn't bother with Nemesis though. Yeah, no, I've played the game. I've not played you know the additional stuff. I don't want to put myself I, in more punishment. I think the only person I know that has the Xbox version is CBX Freak, and I don't know what he thought of Nemesis mode because I never got to try it. It was supposed to be like a additional mini game for it or whatever, like an online mode where you get to control Nemesis or something. And presumably with a minigun and things like that and right. rocket launcher. He really just walks around and shoots at the opposing team, really. That's, that's, really. that's all. So he's basically like a glorified turret, automated turret. Yeah, pretty much. Mm, disappointing. Can you get your tentacle out? What? No. Me? Uh, she cried? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows if you, if you can get to play with the Nemesis tentacles. Sorry, that just sounds just as bad. Well, I've seen enough hentai to see where this is going. <laughs> I think you just use yeah. a laptop to program him, don't you? And then he fights for your team, but he doesn't oh, right. he doesn't mutate or anything like that. Okay, so it's pretty much you're not controlling him personally. You just push a monitor button, I'm guessing, and he walks around with his silly Raccoon City voice going stars. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. It does sound like the uh, movie version, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't sound as sinister as he does in the games. I mean, this is the Paul Anderson version of, of Nemesis, isn't it? Well, yeah, in the movie, he goes up to the little house that some stars members are shooting from, and then he just fires at all, doesn't he? And then the, the people are watching him through his eyes, through the camera and built into the Nemesis' eyes or something. I was say, uh, George, you mentioned Paul Anderson there. Uh, can you not swear, please? I don't want to say too much about Paul Anderson, because I don't want to offend our host here, Nick. <laughs> No, he's a huge fan of the films. Oh, can't, no, I'm not. can't stand the games. He's backpedaling now. He's backpedaling. That's not what you said <laughs> the last podcast. No, I didn't. I said I liked the first film. Didn't you say that the only thing that betters the film were the S.D. Perry books? No. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what that's like? Saying, saying you only like the first film is like a paedophile going, I only enjoyed the first time. I only, I only, I only like fucking the first child. <laughs> Like it makes it better. Like, like, like that justifies not liking it, you know, the rest of the times you've done it. Uh, John found a way to inject child rape into the discussion again. No, I think that's every one he's managed to. 
What are we talking about here? I got my little checklist. Right, mark that one off. Just need Nick <laughs> to mention the confidential report now, and then we will get full house. Unfortunately, it's not a lot of other news, really. That's the only thing that seems to have cracked on since our last podcast. But we do have some site news, and I'll hand over to the news bot to talk about some translations that we've had, uh, namely in respect of Revelations. Paul, can you elaborate? Oh, yeah, we've got the Japanese files from Revelations, and we're translating them right, like right now. So soon we'll have every single file in every single game translated i think the contributions particularly you know from newsport and welsh over the last few weeks at, at project umbrella have just been phenomenal the, you know the translations uh you know the, the significant information that, that they, they throw up particularly revelations you know well done paul i think they've been brilliant yeah we're working on the original archives now as well i knew the fpc sounded a bit strange how they yeah the animal loving thing yeah, yeah. and you found another trisol reference didn't you yep it's in one of the Files that references Tavis instead of the global pharmaceutical corporation, yeah. an international pharmaceutical company. Yeah. It makes sense. I remember when we had the Revelations podcast, we talked about this specific issue and how we all, you know, is this what the global pharmaceutical consortium were doing? Is that their intention? And everyone then, you know, perhaps it is the organisation as well. It just didn't fit as well as it ought to. And yeah. uh, well, the only thing I was going to say, the cafe meeting between Jessica and Raymond. Do we definitely know their GPC agents? Oh, they're Tricell. They're Tricell as well. I'm glad it's Tricell because I'm I've I've it. said this before, right? I reckon Tricell are not out. You know, they're not down for the count. They will be back in Biohazard Six. Because it seems like Five and especially Degeneration just kind of swept them under the rug a bit. They make them out to be like I don't know the next umbrella just from it, and nothing. You see, people think that oh, all the shit that went down in Africa, you know, all the Tricell logos, yo, know, they're fucked now because you know everyone knows what went on there. But if I was in charge of Tricell, I'd be like, well, obviously, Excella was acting alone. She was not acting in the interest of the company. And Wesker, he's a bioterrorist, so blame it all on Wesker. Perfect fall guy. Mm-hmm. And Tricell good. is three different companies in a single conglomerate, so they probably won't all get the uh, hammer down. Is Ada tied into it in any way? Like, what's that whole S corporation thing for? That... S is S, Tricell. Yeah. Tricell was originally going to be called Seashell, and S was just a shortened version of... Glad they didn't go with Shell. that. Yes, definitely. And you had that M. Suzuki person delete all the uh, evidence off the BSEA desktop as well, which related to everything that happened in Biohazard 5, evidence-wise. So they're, so they're going to be in RE6. What if Alex Wesker is in charge of Tricell? Well, there you go. Yeah, that, w- that wouldn't make a lot of sense considering, you know, unless he went by a different alias. Of course, yeah. Derek Simmons. Derek Simmons. <laughs> That's your big theory. The theory we had was that he was in charge of the BSAA. This is Stars Tyrant's ongoing theory that Alex Wesker is the master puppeteer. Well, yeah, you never know, you never know. Uh, it's like everyone's out puppeteers the other guy. I hope it doesn't get too Metal Gear Solid-like and get everyone know. It is turning into Ocelot by the looks of things. Yeah, but I never liked the introduction of the Patriots. I thought completely unnecessary. Well, the introduction was fine. It's who they ended up being that was the problem. Well, I think that concludes the news. And we'll crack on with our discussion on Biohazard 4 Beta. The Cradle of a Progenitor Virus.
Wizard 4. Right, so as we all know, Biohazard 4 was possibly one of the longest games in the Resident Evil series in development. It was announced, I think, well, the, the intention of it being released was quite soon after the release of Resident Evil 3, because if I remember correctly, Resident Evil 3 was going to be a PlayStation 2 title before it got shifted onto the PlayStation 1. Would I be right to think there were images of Leon wearing his famous jacket before we got details of Resident Evil 0, or at least just round about the same time? Yeah, because there was a trailer for Zero at the same time there was a trailer for Four. Yeah, I'm sure, because I remember yeah, in the old um, GameCube magazine picking up on that, definitely. Are we talking about Zero from GameCube, just in general, or was there leaked stuff when Zero was supposed to be on the N64? Oh, from the GameCube time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I do remember, I, I think there was like a biohazard image in Resident Evil 3 somewhere. Yeah, outside the, uh, what is it, Cafe 13, I think? Or mm-hmm. Grill 13? Something like that. And there's a image of the Biohazard 4 logo in oh. the uh, old-style Biohazard font. Yeah, playing at the, uh, the cinema. I was going to say... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that. It's up in the cinema, yeah. Oh, yeah, where, you meet, where Jill meets Carlos, isn't it? One of the many... Can't you see it as you come out of the restaurant? Yes, 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 after that, yeah, I remember. So what we do know is that Devil May Cry was going to be originally Resident Evil 4. Now, I know Welsh on the forums has done a lot of work with that, looking into the original Devil May Cry and how everything was influenced by that. Does anyone have any views on Devil May Cry? Is this the one where it was about Spencer and he had two twin boys who had superpowers like Wesker? Yep. Oh, really? And Spencer himself was like 100 years old or something in that version. That whole image of the babies with like the umbrella thing, is that what you're going on in that? Yep. Was Dante supposed to be the main character of 4? Dante in general? Yeah, Dante was called Tony originally. That's what he's going to be in Resident Evil 4. Tony. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> it reminds me of, you know, uh, Yoshi from Mario. Yoshi is as common name as Bob. <laughs> that Mario riding Bob. Okay. And Mario was going to be Darren. <laughs> I think he was meant to be a detective first. It's interesting, so, though, how it evolved in this game. So Dante was going to be called Tony. Why? Was he from Manchester? <laughs> <laughs> I think... Virgil was meant to be called Paul, so... That's Tony what, and Paul, uh, yeah. the undead. That's what Kamiya said, anyway. He was going to be called Paul. Well, that explains a lot, doesn't it, Paul Birch? <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, I, I never bought Devil May Cry, so uh, I'm not quite sure the uh, gameplay settings. But obviously there's the castle setting, which has always been quite a, um, a key focal point of Biohazard 4. That's all I really know about it. This version was the one with the airship, is that right? No, that's the other one, the next one. The yeah. one with Pudgenator. Oh, right. How much of Resident Evil 4 did we ever see that eventually became Devil May Cry? None. Yeah, not much at all. Nothing. Even the search is completely ungothic. It just distanced itself from the action, Devil May Cry, and I thought that's why they eventually wanted to make their own game out of it. Kami is more of an action developer anyway, so which is ironic. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Resident Evil 2 was probably one of the scarier games in the series. <laughs> So just that whole style of action probably best suited for like the Resident Evil movies or whatnot. I kind of actually recreate an image of me over Mila going, I should have been the one to fill your dark soul with light. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, bear in mind, we had the original releases of Code Veronica came with a demo, didn't it? So that was back in 2001 that got released on the PlayStation 2. So it was obviously well in development for years. And it's a shame we never saw any, but there you go. Well, six coming out soon. I don't know anything about the gameplay yet, but knowing that Jake and Sherry are supposed to be a lot more 
melee and combat oriented, do you think they might copy anything from Devil May Cry in that regard? I hope not. Obviously, parts of Devil May Cry is quite cool. The gunshots and the, you know, the kind of like shooting in midair and stuff. But I hope they never goes down too much for that line. It looks more like a melee fighter. Melee side. Where basically they just punch the fuck out of everything inside. <laughs> That'd be weird, wouldn't it? It'd be almost like a bloody Streets of Rage, but 3D. I've no idea how it's going to play, though. It just looks kind of weird. Devil May Cry is interesting because you got, like, was the gameplay itself supposed to be in 4? Devil May Cry's complete gameplay, like, jumping on buildings and, like, even the sword play. I don't think the uh, gameplay between that version of Resident Evil 4 and Devil May Cry changed that much. I think it was the same gameplay, just different setting and everything else got changed around a bit. What is in camera angle? No, I think those were meant to be the same as well. Yeah, those looked the most Resident Evil-like at the time, was the camera angles. Well, I know, Mr. Spencer, you mentioned it last time about Onimusha as well. Mm-hmm, yes. I can't remember when that came out, but I think that was shortly after Code Veronica as well, wasn't it? Let me just double-check that real quick, because I, I don't know the exact date for Onimusha. Onimusha was meant to be a Resident Evil game as well. It's funny you bring that up, too, because the third one, um, Jean Reno's character was voiced by Paul Mercier, who ended up playing Leon. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. It's his, like, introduction to Capcom. Yeah. I think it was meant to be called Sengoku Biohazard. I think that's the common term for it. Well, Onimusha Warlords came out in 2001, so I guess that fits ah. in the time period. I think Onimusha was first in development in 1997, because wow. it actually used the uh, 1.5 engine. They revealed that in one of the that Elements book they released yes. last year. Wow. Onimusha is quite good. I mean, if I remember, I think I played it a few times. It was really good, wasn't it? Kind of like a, again, that kind of fixed camera angle, very Resident Evil like. And um, almost, I saw it almost like a replacement for Dino Crisis in that sense, because obviously Dino Crisis was dying a death at that point. What's interesting that... about the series at that point was because once they established Flagship to write the story, they uh, started writing, before Biohazard 2 was even completed, they started writing Cold Veronica. Biohazard 3 and uh, Biohazard 0. What are they doing now? Oh, they disbanded in 2007, that's, I think. It's a shame. They came up with some pretty good stuff. Yeah. What have you got being translated as flagship? Is it that to the Liberty one, or is it... Oh, the uh, Strange Phantom or Strange Fat- Beast of the Northern Sea. That's flagship as well, so we wait to see how that comes out, whether that's canon or not. Apparently it's set in the same world as 1 and 2, and so there's no real contradictions. Oh, hopefully not, because then it might make a great addition to the saga. I never actually heard about it before until it was brought up on Project Umbrella. This is one by Flagship. Was it released at the same time as that fan one? It was released in 1998, so I don't know when the fan one was released. Oh, okay. I think but they then... were, uh, that was about 2002, them other two Japanese ones. Ah. Uh-huh. Because you had the drama albums as well. Oh, they were never meant to be canon in the first place, the drama albums. Oh, really? Because okay. it doesn't need a dime one of them. Oh, no, Hunk dies, though. Okay. I think Ada's in the one where Hunk dies, isn't she? Yeah, she kills him. Yeah, yeah. I thought there was some sort of connection, yeah. And then she gives up being a spy and goes to Leon, doesn't she? Yep. All oh, right, okay. And Sherry's one, she goes to Stoneville, and the mayor tries to hand her over to Umbrella, and then she flees to Canada. How does Ada kill Hunk exactly? Uh, I, I don't know. He is with an entire team, and she wipes them all out, and it says there were no survivors, so... That's bollocks. Hunk is a badass. They had, they had an opportunity to like have Hunk do shit, and they didn't do it. What's interesting is that at that time, whenever they were writing Free, it was being directed by Kamiya. Uh, this is interesting because it actually ties into 
the beta versions of 4, because Kami's first game, after Biohazard 2, was going to be Biohazard 3, and it was meant to be Hunk on a cruise ship trying to bring the G-Virus to Umbrella. Is that what turned into Dead Eye? Well, it turned into Gaiden as well, really. What about seeing Hunk on a cruise ship and something else? I don't know, a little trailer, perhaps? Yeah. But Hideki Kamiya was going to be the director of the Devil May Cry version of Biohazard 4. Yeah, because uh, basically 3 ended up becoming a side story because they didn't want no more Resident Evil games in the PlayStation. They needed to push another one in Mm. onto that system. And so then Kamiya's game ended up just getting turned into what he ended up doing as Devil May Cry. And 3 ended up becoming a numbered main sequel in the series, right? Yep, to keep the uh, trilogy consistent. But it was actually called Biohazard 1.9. Until like three months before release. It's really confusing. That's like Kingdom Hearts confusing. They're already on their 350th by 2 game or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, Biohazard 3 wasn't even the last Resident Evil game on the face. Yeah, because then they turned out Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even think Capcom's developed it. I think at the time there was a, a big rumor that they outsourced it to some, I can't remember the name of the company, but they outsourced it to another developer, which is why it, it lacks quality, really. Mean- Slug 6. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Flagship broke the scenario. Yes. But Capcom didn't really do anything with it. It was actually one of the better stories in the series, but they fucked it up with shit gameplay. It's, it just sounds like, hey, Leon's got a friend now, isn't that nice? <laughs> Okay, we'll move on to one of the other Firehazard 4 betas, being the Fog version. And that turnout showed me a lot of great concept art and a lot of great stuff that tied into that trailer that came out with it. Mm. Like, some of those levels really are literally in Haunting Ground. It looks like they what they recreated for 3.5 ended up, parts of it ended up going to Haunting Ground, Demento Haunting Ground, whatever you play it as. And it's cool, if you're, you're looking for a game that has like the closest 3.5 feel to it, that's the game I would recommend playing, just from the levels. I mean, like you said, there's elements of 3.5 that made their way into Demento Haunting Ground. And likewise, some of it went into the final version of 4, too, because where do you think that dog came from that Leon saves? Yep. Actually, uh, there's a bigger connection to Demento in 4 than that. Demento's story was initially written by uh, Sujimura, who wrote the Fog version and the uh, Devil May Cry version of 4. And where is he now? Dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Fog and Hookman version of Biohazard 4 were the exact same. The only addition was the Hookman enemy because it was an experiment for trying to make the game more scary. They're the same story and setting, but just that one gameplay addition. What I find interesting is the fact that throughout all the betas, you have the same, at least the same style of gameplay, which to me is very similar to Remake. It just seems to be a progression from Remake. But obviously they did away completely with that. And, and you end up with, you know, the over-the-shoulder camera angle for, you know, for the finished version. They were going to use the over-the-shoulder in the Hookman version anyway. It was just more uh, picky whenever it actually happened. Because he could aim both in third person and the normal yeah, aiming I mean, style, depending on the uh, area and the camera angle. I mean, the videos that we see certainly presented in the third person. Yes, it was, wasn't it? You had exploring the, yeah. the setting. Which I have to say, I love the setting. Oh, I absolutely adored it. I mean, I think... There seems to be some sort of almost kind of mocking attitude on the forums with regard to people who pine for that over the finished version. But I mean, I, I absolutely adored the Hookman version, but that certainly doesn't detract from anything, you know, that I feel for Resident Evil 4. Yeah. They exist as two separate things that, you know, there's no point pining for a game that never was, but, the, but at the same time, you can certainly appreciate, and I do 
Because for me, there was far more of a survival horror atmosphere in at least what we saw compared to Resident Evil 4. But that's not to say that, that Resident Evil 4 wasn't, wasn't a success because it was. It's always going to be one of those things like what could have been. But frankly, when I saw the trailers for it and I heard it was coming out, that was the reason why I bought the GameCube was for that and the Resident Evil remake. I was like, yes, my survival horror crave is reaching a new peak. I mean, these games are getting scarier now. They look like it. They're looking better, too. The trailer came out. Leon looked like Brendan Fraser from Bami. <laughs> and it was just great. I, I felt like the, they were taking some cool steps. And if I was right, uh, he was going to go to Europe, right? The main headquarter in Europe, right? The story of the Fog version was he was uh, going to infiltrate the castle of Oswell E. Spencer in Europe. I mean, it's the idea is the cradle, isn't it? It comes up going back. I mean, really kind of what you thought they should have done with Resident Evil Zero. Yeah. He ends up uh, finding a laboratory underground. And he basically teams up with a girl and a B.O.W. dog. That's the dog that actually made it into the finished version of Resident Evil 4. Not Huey, sadly. That's pretty close. Yeah. The trailer, too, and listen to it. The guy who's narrating, like, they create a little... It sounds like Spencer. I don't know if that's what they were intentionally going for, but it sounds like Adam Clark. I wasn't a big fan of... Well, you know, the trailer looked good, but I'm not sure if I would have liked battling dolls with knives it seemed a bit silent hillish i know but they uh, were just hallucinations the weren't they yeah I, I know i know i know it could have been written off quite easily but i'm still not sure if that was a i don't know there was the, the whole atmosphere of it. I, I thought they were absolutely vile and, and you know really creepy so yeah yeah i mean you have little bow's and you and you have huge ones don't you so i mean i'm sure there would have, would have been a range in the finished product had they gone down that route yeah yeah it, it just it's easy with me at the time i liked the hookman version hookman was quite cool I mean, okay. I've, ne- I've never played Haunting Ground, but wasn't the Hookman, did he eventually become the caretaker of the castle that's in Haunting Debbie, Ground? Debbie Tolias, I think his name is. Well, there were some images of him, early concept images that I saw of him, and he looked zombified almost. And there were some that had, like, color scheme that looked very similar to the Hookman. He did have a hook on his arm at one point, too. So, an Eternal and I believe that that's possibly where he originated but i can't say for certain she's more of the expert and she's not here the, the whole point of this was you know bring back the progenitor virus which at the time zero just been announced it's all going to be about it and all seemed to link in quite nicely and you saw these kind of uroboros style claw tentacle things weren't they coming out and so again do we know for sure that was a representation of the virus or just another one of leon's hallucinations I actually asked Kawamura about that, and he said it wasn't actually decided yet whether it would be a real B.O.W. or if it would be a hallucination. When you look at the gameplay, too, it's very interesting because there's the camera angle still, so those are kind of still there. But at the same time, they were still toying with the -the over-the-shoulder approach. If the games went that direction, would it be too much of a distraction, or do you think it would have been a lot better to still have the eerie-placed camera angles, and then when you're aiming your gun at an enemy it moves into your third over-the-shoulder view. Yeah. Uh, it looked good in the uh, five-minute gameplay video. Yeah, I mean, for me, the over-the-shoulder view only can work in combat mode. I- I've never liked it. It's a halfway house. I think, you know, go for third person or go for first person. So I think it would have worked much better, at, you know, as we effectively have in, in Dead Aim. Mm-hmm. I-, I agree. I think 4 and 5 could have benefited from that, too, because I've seen mods try to place camera angles on... Four and five, and there's a lot of things in the in the level design that you would kind of miss, yeah. uh, just overlook simply because you're always facing the direction your character is walking. Yeah, there's that Resident Evil Five one that I've seen that's particularly good. I mean, that was the whole thing in the first place, the particular and the odd camera angles that you know were almost unique to Resident Evil, which kind of made the atmosphere and enhanced the atmosphere. 
I mean, just imagine if 4's gameplay, that what we had in the final version, ended up being in the classics. It wouldn't be as scary in a game like Remake if you're facing forward through the mansion. And I just find it rather annoying that you're staying at the back of his head the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Remember reading in my guide for 4 that once I come to Ashley's part, it would be split into different camera angles and go back to that traditional sense. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And it never did on my version of 4. I, I don't know which version has that. but The uh, Japanese version has it. The only the Japanese version for some fucking reason. Has what? Sorry, I've missed that. When you control Ashley in the castle, it goes back to the static camera. But only in the Japanese version. Oh, my word. Oh. I, that. I could have sworn it did that on mine. Because we're stupid. We have to have, we have, to have consistency with ours. Because if it dared try to go back to the camera angles, it'd be like, wait, what? I don't like moving this way. Isn't it just a game mechanic because she's so small that you just effectively see more of her as you're moving her around? If you played five and did the Lost in Nightmares section with the camera angles, that too. Can you imagine the Ashley sections with a movable camera, like a 3D camera? I know what he's going to say. Yeah. <laughs> or the Japanese people trying to look up a skirt. And there it is. <laughs> Why that predictable? Yes. I didn't like Ashley's face. I found it very odd, almost. What's your problem with her face? Come I, just, me, I don't know. I think that short green skirt pinches so much and then the face just completely lets it down. She's got a nice <laughs> face. What are you talking about? I don't like Ashley's face. Uh, before we talk about that, have we got any more anyone wants to raise about the beta versions? We do know there's the Umbrella Takedown version, which featured zombies, which was never revealed to the public. Maybe, no, this is just me saying, maybe it's a re-release where you have to re-buy the entire game again with the extra content. No, 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 you're thinking of Ultimate Resident Evil 4. <laughs> but some of the beta environments from 3.5 were used in Lost in Nightmares, weren't they? Some of the outside courtyard sections look very similar. I mean, we've, got, we've got the knights, haven't we, in the finished product, when we've got Ashley dodging, you know, the knights that are infested with the Plaga. You know, it's kind of similar. Is there something similar in, in 3.5 to that, I'm sure? Yeah, basically they're the exact same as they were in 3.5. Yeah. You know, Only they've got a fucking parasite in them that can somehow simulate muscles. <laughs> so essentially it's just that Capcom scrapped what was supposed to be crap, but they sprinkled it all over their new, like their later games. <laughs> the game actually wasn't even bad by their standards. They actually scrapped it because it cost too much. It worked out cheaper to start all over again. Yep, apparently. Really? Hmm. The take that I thought was that they just found it was almost too much, you know, too supernatural rather than biological, you know, can be explained, you know, with virology. Yeah, I think that was the opinion of some staff members, but people like Mikami thought it was really good. Mikami actually went on to say in a can't remember, I think it was E3. I think he said, don't pee your pants. Yeah, that's he was right. Hy- he was hyping it the fuck up, really. Guess that they just felt yeah. like maybe the direction needed to move on from that, or if they're looking for a new direction. Maybe that's not the way they wanted it to go. Otherwise, if it was about money, you could just bring your resources down just a little bit. Can I mention very briefly uh, something that I liked about Ori 4? Probably my favorite part of Ori 4, in fact. I'll say my favorite part of Ori 4 is the fact that Joe is not in it. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> well, I think I can finalize our Biohazard 4 beta discussion. Unless I'm just going to throw one more thing in the mix and how it, obviously the beta version of Biohazard 4 was bound to link up with Gaiden. No. Oh, because, yeah, Leon's infected at the end, isn't he? Or is that... No. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No. 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 I don't mind Gaiden as a game. I hate... I just get annoyed when people 
keep trying to say it's canon when Capcom have said it was never intended to be canon ever once in Wait, history. Who's been saying it's canon? A yeah. lot of people. A lot of people have said it was canon. Paul, in the interview, I mean, do we know why Leon was infected in the first place? Obviously, if it's not relating back to, to what happened on the Starlight, why was he infected? He wasn't infected on the Starlight, though. I know, I mean, no, the suggestion would, presumably would be that if Gaiden's canon, then at the end, that shot of him at the end with the scar, the green scar on the neck, is presumably him infected rather than the, the BOW. So I just wondered how, you know, if that's not the case, why do we see him infected in the beta versions for Resident Evil 4? You know, what would be the cause for that infection in the first place, you know, to cause the hallucinations? Well, we don't know because the game never got released, so... No, but it's hinted that Leon's infected with Progenitor, isn't it, in Resident Evil 4, whereas in Gaiden, he's just killed and the shapeshifting BOW takes his place, so he's not infected with anything. Yeah, because in Gaiden, the game goes out of the way to explain that the only thing that bleeds green blood is the B.O.W. Nothing else bleeds green blood, even if you're infected. It's a shame, uh, really, because I know it's never intended to be canon, but... Which is you know. nice, isn't it? Because, you know, we've got Barry... Um, exactly. Too. Wait, I get the impression that Gaiden is pretty much like the thing, right? How it's yeah, you can say that. Umbrella organization, right? Was that what their affiliation was in Gaiden? Yeah, like an and underground anti-umbrella organization. Would have tied in yeah. a little because uh, Wesker's report was written before... Kawamura finished the epilogue files in Resident Evil 3, which said that Leon was working for the government. So Hiroki Kato, who wrote Gaiden and Wesker's report, had to basically make something up on the spot. To be fair, though, let's be honest, it will only take one file from, say, Biohazard 6 to say, I don't know, that after the destruction of the SS Starlights, Leon swam away. <laughs> right. No, 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 just take that. I'm playing devil's advocate here. Let's say that is in Biohazard 6. Then technically, everything else of Gaiden actually does, maybe does fit, but doesn't not fit. It can be easily put into the canon. Well, so it it's, could, but it so won't. Like, no, 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 I, 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 no, I completely agree. I, completely agree. I just love to go on to PU the day that happens, just to see, <laughs> just to see what pulls up to. Gaiden, it could fit, but it could also not fit. It's like yeah. Schrodinger's game. Like Operation Raccoon City. Yes, which no, is yeah, canon. But no, no, I completely agree. I don't, it won't happen. I don't want it to happen. But theoretically, it would take two lines from a developer to make it fit. Well, Leon and could say could it to do. Chris. It's like, oh, this is that time I swam away from the starlight as it was sinking. Yeah, you'll throw it in as a line. Yep, that's it. And then I can't see any other plot holes, really, big enough to make someone... To then say, oh no, it's yeah. still. Nick, it's not like they've got multiple nemesis running around in Gaiden, so yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If that was the BOW taking a form of Leon, wouldn't that mean there's a Leon clone? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh my <laughs> god. Clones. Come on. The clone yeah. virus. Right, fine, fine. It then need to go Leon go, well, thankfully I swam away from the starlight, and Chris go, oh yes, my friend Barry told me that he then discovered that he was a clone and I destroyed the submarine. Can no, we get on to Resident Evil 4 now? Fuck. And then after they say it, they both turn and face the camera and go, yep, yep, that's right. <laughs> and wink. Yep. Okay, we'll now move on to the main discussion of Biohazard 4. 1998. I'll never forget it. It was the year when those grisly murders occurred in the Arklay Mountains. Soon after, the news was out to the whole world, revealing that it was the fault of a secret viral experiment conducted by the international pharmaceutical enterprise, Umbrella. The virus broke out in a nearby mountain community, Raccoon City, and hit the peaceful little town with a devastating blow crippling its very foundation. Not taking any chances, the President of the United States ordered a contingency plan 
to sterilize Raccoon City. With the whole affair gone public, the United States government issued an indefinite suspension of business decree to Umbrella. Soon its stock prices crashed, and for all intents and purposes, Umbrella was finished. Six years have passed since that horrendous incident. I received special training via a secret organization working under the direct control of the president. I was to assume the responsibility of protecting the new president's family. Poor him. Why am I the one who always gets the short end of the stick? Yo, who are you really? Come on and tell us. You are a long way from home, cowboy. You have my sympathies. Guess that's a local's way of breaking the ice. Anyway, you know what this is all about. My assignment is to search for the president's missing daughter. What? All by yourself? <laughs> I'm sure you boys didn't just tag along so we could sing Kumbaya together at some Boy Scout bonfire. Then again, maybe you did. Oh, you're crazy, American. It's a direct order from the chief himself. I tell you, it's no picnic. I'm counting on you guys. It was right before I was to take on my duties of protecting the president's daughter when she was abducted. That's the ultimate reason I'm in this lonely and rural part of Europe. According to our intelligence, there's reliable information about a sighting of a girl that looks very similar to the president's daughter. Apparently, she's being withheld by some unidentified group of people. Who would have thought that my first job would have been a rescue mission? So, as this got released after multiple versions, multiple scrap versions of the game, and then we were the world was shown Leon in his new role as agent trying to track down the president's daughter. Just to get things off, what did everyone think of the game generally? I'm quite pleased that um, I, I, I was obsessed with Resident Evil when Resident Evil 4 came out, but it was kind of a, a very solitary thing. I wasn't online. It didn't even really occur to me that there'd be such dedicated sites as PU. So I wasn't even aware of the beta version. So I came to Resident Evil 4 completely unaffected by what could have been. I was absolutely obsessed with Remake at the time as well. I was initially disappointed by the third person going out the window, but it's a hugely confident game. To progress the series forward like it did, to not have the zombies, I think it's almost the pinnacle of Resident Evil for me. If it had just slightly more puzzles in it, uh, I mean, looking at it with Resident Evil 5 in that context, it almost seems to be a progression from Resident Evil 5. I think they went backward with, with 5. But in 4, I just found it a really confident game. There were very strong characters in it. Taking away, as I mentioned, sort of not, not enjoying the sort of new over-the-shoulder perspective, but the actual environments for me were just pure survival horror. The gothic castle, the cabin. I've mentioned this before, the fight in the cabin with uh, Louis Sarah is obviously completely action-orientated, but in a real survival horror setting. It's not just kind of minus action. It's got a real sort of setting and backstory for that particular fight. 
Uh, the BOWs, again, I think they're some of the best in the series. I said, I said brief, George. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame the game itself had no backstory. It didn't need to. It stood alone. We didn't, you know, we didn't really wanted to hear about Raccoon City, and, and I think, you know, the series had to move on. It had to deal with completely separate issues in a completely separate place. But at the same time, you know, the link, you know, the same character with Leon. But I, I don't think it, it needed to. I just want to say you cannot now look at four without comparing it to five, and I've touched upon this in the last podcast. Um, as George, I think is very correct is that five was backwards from four and since five everyone now seems to be looking back at four in much more of a positive outlook than they did when it came out can i just say i think oi for both uh, you know simultaneously saved the series and destroyed the series yes it's a gift and a curse for resident evil what, what, what would you say is the curse and what would you say is destructive about it the gift itself, because I like to look on the gift first, uh, it's that the series was getting stale. I mean, I love Remake, and I enjoyed Resident Evil Zero when it came out on GameCube. But that being said, it felt like they were reusing a lot of stuff. Like, when you go to Zero, you're enjoying the train part, but then you get to the facility, the research facility, or like a school or something. Management yeah, the uh, facility. executive and training it, school. Yeah, the train school. And it's a mansion. It's pretty much just uh, Spencer Mansion 2.0. I was like, okay. And then Resident Evil 3 was the city. It felt like we were going around familiar turf quite a bit. So it did need that change and it did need that push. Um, and I'm glad with the final build that we have that we had something that was a lot creative aren't merely just fighting zombies. When I heard that this was the first game to not have zombies, some people were like, what? I was like, hey, that's that's cool. Let's see what they can bring us. Let's see what they can deliver. And for what it's worth, this was the game that started third-person shooter. It really did. It made every action game try to use it as its like basis to go above that. Now, for its curse, what it started was great. What followed afterwards just ended up being... I don't know. I, it's not just for Resident Evil, but for the whole gaming industry. Because everybody's trying to be like 4. All the shooting mechanics are playing out like 4. Resident Evil 5 was pretty much just the footnote of 4, where all its boss battles were just action versions of the stuff that you already faced in 4. You're fighting another giant. You're fighting... Uh, like, the Wesker battle was pretty mimicking to uh, Krauser. Salazar was, I thought, near identical to Irving. Yes. Same yeah. same sort of creature, wasn't yeah. it? And then with 6, I can't see much of a difference. It's like they're trying to top the action now as opposed to trying to top the horror. They're trying to go above that. And 4, to me, was like the last time that Resident Evil became most uh, traditional sense because even though it had all those changes, there was still that feeling that it was a part of the previous classic games. It had that Mikami feel to it, like the horror still. Because when you're facing all those enemies, it's not about the action. It's not about performing the best melee combo you can get. It's about running. It's about avoiding a chainsaw to the head. And you don't have a co-op partner now. It's a single-player game through and through. You don't have a little guy to quirk jokes about. Your character's doing all the running and doing all the thinking. I think that what it lacked was the puzzles. What it lacked was the puzzles and probably if I could say just a little bit more exploration. I mean, not that that was bad. Even though it's a linear game, it was the longest game in the series. It felt like it anyway. And you're always seeing a new environment each time. That's not a bad thing. I mean, it had a fantastic story as well. 
I mean, I wouldn't say that. I, 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 <laughs> I would. I, I think you, you know, with the Los Illuminados, with you know, with the parasites, which I think was again very confident, completely away from zombies, but you know, giving you the, the same kind of structure with regard to enemies with the Ganandos. But I just thought, you know, the backstory, even going on to the little sketches that you had that showed you how initially the village was, you know, was overrun by them, how the pluggers were introduced. So I, I th- that was the best bit. Yeah, I, that, that was brilliant. The ending, yeah. The credits were super. I watched Lockout recently, and that's the whole thing about Guy Pierce going on the moon to rescue the president's daughter. And it felt like four to me because only Hollywood. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did, Lockout. What are you talking about? Lockout is just a poor man's escape from New York. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> it's I saw needed to know. Where they take a familiar concept of saving somebody, but they put it to over-exaggerated heights. That's what was in terms of the plot. You got Leon as a government agent. It's like, okay, I'll bite. What's he doing? Rescuing the president's daughter. Really? Him? It's a bit cliche. It's over-exaggeration. Oh, yeah, I mean, yes, that was slightly cliche, and I didn't particularly enjoy that. But what I'm talking about in terms of the story is the surrounding environments. You know, they, they had real history. Yeah, but there's a difference, too, because in the classic games, it was all about escape. With Leon, it's about rescue primary before escape. You have all of them running to the mansion, not because they wanted to, but because that was the only place of solitude they could find from the creatures out in the woods. Jill's trying to escape Wrecking City in 3. Leon and Claire go into the city, and then they're like, okay, time to get our asses out of here. Uh, with 4, Leon's intentionally delving further into it. He's going to the island. He's going to the castle to find Ashley. And that's what 5 was like, too. It's just Chris searching for Jill. Revelations. Jill searching deeper for Chris. I love Resident Evil 4 as a game. I adore it as a game. I hated the story at the time. I absolutely loved it. I thought it had very little relation to the older games. I was really pissed off with the way they handled Umbrella. Literally a two-second mention in the intro. Then it sort of redeemed itself with the appearance of Wesker and Assignment Data. And then when the PlayStation 2 version came out with separate ways, it fully redeemed itself even though I didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. And since then... The story's kind of improved a bit because they've released material that expands on it, like the incubate thing, which explains the entire credit sequence, the introduction of the plaga to the uh, village. But other details like Sadler being interested in creating biological weapons, which wasn't actually mentioned anywhere in the game, but it was a nice allusion back to Umbrella. Then there was uh, the whole deal with Wesker and his plans, which we've only recently found out fully what they were truly about because mistranslations kind of fucked shit up. We were initially led to presume that Ada and Wesker were working for the rival company in 4, which ended up being sort of true, but Ada was truly working for another organization. MGS quality jumps in. Indeed. And that's why I had no idea what was going on, because Ada's report itself was really, really vague. And then there was like the mention of another pharmaceutical company, yes, which was sort of like a prelude to another umbrella. I thought it set the story up for the next few games quite well, but they didn't really expand on it much. Separate Ways was great, but when, when you were just the guy who bought the GameCube version of 4 and you had a Simon Ada, it felt like anything that needed to be explained was fine there. I mean, sure, Ada had a different outfit, but just the idea that she got a sample for Wesker and Wesker was reestablishing Umbrella. That was enough. They kept that in separate ways, but they added more stuff to Ada herself to make her more of a deeper character instead of just like a subordinate to Wesker. I don't know. I was just being a subordinate because then when you're adding too many companies and too many like loyalty 
switcheroos, it just becomes convoluted and maybe a bit of a mess, like Raymond, for example. That's what's annoyed me about the series lately, because they've still not explained Ada, her background, or her organization, even though they've had plenty of opportunities to. That was why I was fine with Excel, because a lot of people were like, oh, is Excel is going to be a backstabbing traitor in five. And no, she was pretty loyal to Wesker. It was Wesker that, as we know already from the past games, he's the jerk off that leaves everyone. everyone else, yeah. What did you think, Batman? Yeah, my opinion's very similar to Newsbots. I think it's a great game to play. You know, going back to 2005, I thought the gameplay was excellent. The Switch was really refreshing. And, you know, some of the scenes, like the opening village siege, even to this day, is uh, fantastic. But story-wise, you know, what we were talking, four years after Code Veronica, which ended on a cliffhanger with, you know, Chris and Wesker and whatnot, and the story was just so disappointing. You know, we never found out what happened to all the key characters. You know, the uh, Umbrella saga was seemingly concluded in, you know, the first two minutes of the intro. It was just, you know, pretty underwhelming as a story. But then we got Assignment Ada, which hinted Wesker. Then we got Separate Ways. Then we got Biohazard Incubate. And then the Plagas became important in Biohazard 5. So now it does sit nicely in the series. But at the time, it was pretty sickening. Yeah, I think Umbrella Chronicles is also kind of... Well, Umbrella and Darkseid Chronicles have kind of like filled the gap between mm. Code Veronica and 4 and kind of made it more seamless in transition. But as a side story, it was nice. I kind of like the idea of a completely unrelated bad guy, like a religious cult, stumbling across this powerful Las Plagas parasite that has the potential to become a really devastating bioweapon and, you know, come up with some hammy plan to take over the world that would never ever be successful. And then you have Wesker or Umbrella or the organization or whoever finding out about it and then hatching a plan to get hold of this parasite. As time went on, it became more relevant and that was good. I compare Resident Evil 4 to, like, the Alien 3 of the series. 4 is a gateway game. It's a game that anybody, even if you're not a fan, can play and thoroughly enjoy. Yeah. It had enough distance from the series, but for the fans, it had enough connections. Yeah, I think Kami had the right idea and did a very good job, but I just would have preferred a little more story, which we eventually got from a different writer. Even now, we're still learning things about the story. I mean, to find out that Ada works from a completely different company to Wesker, to find that out six years through Japanese supplemental material after the game came out, you know, it's pretty poor, poor, really. And we found out that the thing Salazar combines with is the uh, mother Plaga, which is where pretty much all the Plaga comes from, which explains their source. But it's not mentioned at all in the game what it is. It's just kind of there. I think another thing, too, is that if you look at what 4 also did, this is kind of a curse, too, is that in the earlier games, if anything was cheesy, it was probably unintentional, not genuinely meant to be cheesy. Especially with Remake, a lot of the scenes played out pretty seriously. With 4, Leon is going in, and despite all these things he's coming against, he takes it very lightly, like Mm. monsters. I have to say, though, where he goes, where's everyone gone? Bingo. I did think that was hilarious. (laughs) Rain or shine, you're going down. (laughs) Yeah, all of Leon's wisecracking was meant to convey that he was more experienced and didn't really... It meant to develop his character, but it ended up coming off as more of just really bad writing and how they conveyed it in the story. Yeah, lessened the horror because you couldn't believe your character was afraid. Yeah. That's just another thing that just carried over from 4 because you got Chris, Jill, and all of them are more experienced now than they were in their first go. 
So they just can't really convey horror the same anymore. They just mock it. And that's a problem I also had with Revelations, too. Jill, mm. she kind of took it a little bit seriously. But mm. It was all about monsters. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything differently with six. To be honest, there's not much you can do with the same characters and still have them be afraid of the same things like six years later. Which is why I would be fine with Jake, but Jake is going to be a mercenary and he's going to be given... Superhuman. Yeah, so it's not going to be the same either way. We've touched upon horror and the fear aspect of Resident Evil 4, and it's totally different to what we previously did. It's this kind of like panicky, oh shit, you know, especially the opening siege in the village when you've got all the Ganados running at you and you're like, quick, barricade, barricade. And then you see, you know, this guy from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre come at you with a bloody chainsaw and he just won't give up. And it was totally unique to what... Fear you can't forget. That's the wrong game. game. (laughs) (laughs) But you you know what I mean? It's it's totally different to what we've experienced previously in Resident Evil. And that was something I don't even think Resident Evil 5 had. Chainsaw enemy, but it was more like, okay, I got my co-op buddy with me. Yes, yes, quite right, yeah. Plan an attack. With four, it's just you, and you gotta run against it by yourself, along with, like, three or four, maybe even more auto. So it was a lot more tense. When you have a person next to you, uh, like Ashley, you have to protect her. And this was probably the best game I've ever played with an escort mission, because everything they handled was a lot more delicate. Uh, It never became a complete... Look, there's a crank over there. Yeah, I like Ashley. You could tell her to get the fuck out of the way. Liam, look at the ceiling. Oh, I did that every time I saw a bin, disposal me, bin. It was like, go in there, wait, you know, get in. What we used to say. And, the, you know, I think there's that whole bit where all the um, Ganados are on a way fight the Bella sisters. You know, I, I just chuck her in that bin and just tell her that until it's clear. But it wasn't always yeah. about the bin either. There were points where <laughs> it had to help you out, like help you progress forward to reunite with her. Like you have to give her a boost and she has to, I think, turn some cranks just to make the bridge. And you have to protect her from Ganado come, or Los Illuminados just coming out and trying to capture her. And so there was a lot of good elements to make that game feel a lot more fun with an escort mission as opposed to just carrying her around with you and she's always like dead weight. I liked Ashley. I know you did. You went on your little... Well, I mean, people always bitch and say, oh yeah, she's, she's just dead weight more or less like Charlie was saying. But uh, I think that uh, her relationship with Leon was good. You know, it was sort of like uh, the damsel in distress and the protector who has to yeah. look out for her and that sort of thing. It was a good sort of good chemistry between the two characters. What are you looking at? Oh, you pervert. It worked. It worked. And um, you had the limited interactions with the use of the uh, X and Y buttons and what you, what you could do to, you know, follow me, wait, come here, get in the box, whatnot. It was a good level of co-op. For people who've never done co-op before, mm. you know, because I'm, you know, there's proper big co-op games out there where you can micromanage absolutely everything and everyone. But in the Biohazard world, it was a perfectly plausible way and an easy way for players to bring that together and actually still progress through the game, enjoying it for a Biohazard experience. But I, I did like sniping. That was quite good. I'm trying to you know when I got a lot of satisfaction in like shooting Ganados when they're carrying her. We should talk about the time events too because that's a part of it that um is debated on whether or not it worked in the survival horror's favor what'd you guys think of them i think the quick time events were okay in cutscenes because it you weren't really detracting from the horror you were kind of like making you were just adding more tension to the cutscene itself but in the gameplay i would have preferred running away from a boulder manually than like in remake rather than just fucking pressing a button over and over and over 
I didn't mind. I think it got stupid with the bloody Salazar statue. The crowd's yeah, fight. Yeah, good, Leon. Run, Leon, run! It's been a long time, comrade. I brought it up in one of the theater topics, too. I found, I'm kind of like the opposite right now. Is I'm okay with it in some of the gameplay. I mean, the older incident, obviously not, but with the cutscenes, it became too distracting. I'm trying to get invested in what story there is, and I'm always having to keep an eye out for a stupid uh, button to pop up in the middle of the screen, and it just gets annoying, especially that Krauser fight, because I'm trying to listen to what Krauser's saying. I'm thinking to myself when I first play it, God, this is probably important. <laughs> I have to push like buttons eight times and try to remember which one, which combination it'll be. Oh, for umbrella's sake, uh, almost like yeah. a slip. Enough, comrade. You're quite right. I mean, I, I like the use of cutscenes, you know, when you get picked up by... That's what um, I'm talking about. I can see El Gigante, every move. You can try and stab off his parasite on the back, things like that. I like that. But the, I thought the boulders was a bit weird. Well, Leon runs from boulders, Chris punches them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I totally forgot about the remake one, so it's not the first time we've had perfectly spherical rocks being able to move down alleyways, but there you go. Mm. <laughs> Umbrella. I don't know how the Boulder remake managed to stay there for uh, 40 years. <laughs> once. What triggered it exactly? I think it was just entering the area, examining it, and then walking away. So you're telling me, you're telling me, you're telling me, Paul, in 40 years, right, this whole time this facility has been operational, no bastard has walked down there and potted about and examined that rock. Hey, Nigel, what's that rock doing there for? I don't know, I was told by management not to touch it, but, you know, okay, well, let's not examine it. I think the boulder is the best reoccurring boss that I've ever seen. (laughs) It's after Leon, Jill, and all of them, and then finally, Chris... Fucks that guy up. <laughs> like, yeah, the joke's on you, pal. I think in the remake, they added a little bit of foreboding in the uh, caves because uh, they added another boulder that's already fallen and there's a blood stain underneath it. Wait, so you think the boulder that chases after Chris is the same one in OE5? Back, back for revenge. <gasps> Revengeance. This is the ultimate discovery we've made here, gentlemen. And the ultimate YouTube video. That gives Leon and Chris something to talk about in 6. You remember that fucking boulder? <laughs> oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah, bastard. Oh, I finally took that prick out back in 2009. Did you? Oh, I wanted to get it. <laughs> it was on the SS Starlight when I escaped. <laughs> that, that wasn't the real boulder. That was the boulder's clone. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Boulder's clone will be in Ori 6. What did everyone think of the BOWs in this game? Because obviously that was the big talking point, the removal of, you know, can viral. I, can, can I just say here, one word, regenerators. Holy fuck mackerel, those were... Okay, sp- okay, uh, Verdugo, regenerators, and, uh, you free were pretty much the best. They were pretty much the only ones I liked in the I game. I liked novice stories, or the insect ones that went invisible, because those... Oh, were- they were okay. I think they were better whenever they were in isolated, but then whenever you had the hive... It just kind of detracted from them. The regenerators great. Targets, really. Yes. They were. What my... I mean, before this, we've really touched upon it. We've touched upon the, uh, you know, the, the supernatural element of, perhaps, of the beaters. And what never set easily for me was always, like, some kind of explanation, no matter how implausible it was in virology. But I still don't know why El Gigante and how El Gigantes are created. Well, their biographies say, very vaguely, genetic manipulation. And then it stops there. That's all. That is really the only explanation they could have come up with. It still bugs me. I was saying before we talk about, you know, regenerators, I had to go put big light on. 
what if they just grabbed like the strongest people they could find just to experiment on them and make them even bigger, like Hulkish size? Like I can imagine the one we faced in four was probably Michael Clark Duncan. And then if you're looking for uh, the one in five, that's like Mr. T. <laughs> just give somebody with like a beard, maybe Santa Claus. That'd I think it's actually explained in gameplay how they get so big because whenever you're in the uh, laboratory later in the game, in the uh, room where, where there's tons of Petri dishes of the Plaga. Petri. When you were... Petri, yeah, whatever, I don't give a fuck. You should. <laughs> well, whenever you examine the uh, the larger ones, Leon actually says that they're larger compared to the other ones, and I always thought that maybe those were the ones that were injected into the uh, human hosts of the uh, El Gigante, and that's what made them so big. That's what the she parasite, said. The parasite, <laughs> the parasite maybe probably uh, expanded their muscles and shit. There's three El Gigantes, isn't there, if I remember correctly? Um, it's four, I think. more than... Yeah. Is it four? You got the one. You got the first boss, and then you've got. The no, two. I think there's three because the first one doesn't dissolve, so oh, it's kind one. of still alive. It's just. Is that the same one Ada fights? Yeah, actually. You've got the two. Oh, because you, you kill it. The alternative path. Leon kills it, doesn't he? In the first yeah, one. Yeah, it dissolves, and then there's one Ada. Ada and then you Ada have to fights... run past it, and then there's the two underground in the castle. The ones that are underground, they're like the fire pit thing and the flame. Oh, pit. forgot about them. That means there's. Hold on. Oh yeah, you've got those the two underground pits, the one Leon fights, and then there's two more where you can take the alternative path. Right, Ashley, you have to help her. There's I'll just one. one you... Is it just one? Oh, is it just one? Sorry, sorry. I'm thinking of that like uh, the bit where on the island where you put one into like the pool of like molten metal. You can pull yeah. one in. You put one in there. The ones where bondage gear. Those ones. Yes, there's four then, isn't there? Four. Yeah, I think so. That might be another problem, too, is that there's some really iconic boss encounters, but there's so many of them. Like, with Dr. Salvador, there you run into a room and there's, like, two of them with chainsaws, as opposed to him being, like, this one stalking enemy, kind of like Nemesis. I, I don't know if we needed so many Gigante, but it did kind of become a derail, but that did add to the game's length, so make of that what you will. Do you fight two, Dr. Salvador? You fight more than two. You fight the first... You can fight two in the village, actually. If you just ignore going into the cabin first and you go up to uh, where you exit out initially, he'll be waiting there by the door. And then you can... With Tokenado beside him, yeah. Yeah, and then you can go back into the cabin and there'll be another one. There's even a room, I think, in the mine area where there's two of them running around in one little room. Yeah, only with different clothes. Uh, yeah, well, the one before you get onto the runaway mine train, he's up in that little room. And I spotted him, and you can sniper him, and he won't come down. You can kill him from there from quite a safe distance. That's a real yeah. scare factor a bit, especially with 5 when you got the two chains on the genie looking exactly the same, coming down with the keys and all that. Mm. I think one of them was in, like, orange trousers, and the other one was just blue trousers, and other than that, they were the exact same. No, because in um, the Mercenaries, there's another one, isn't there? Is, is, right. is it Mr. Salvador? I call him Salvador X. <laughs> oh. I think he's got... most guides call it just Super Salvador or something yeah. like that. It just reminds me of this scenes from The Simpsons. He goes, you know those guitars are like double guitars? You know, you know those chainsaws are like double chainsaws? <laughs> <laughs> double chainsaws on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it obviously is a bit of a rep from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, though, wasn't it? It's not clear even today with the plague infection of Krauser, uh, Mendez, and Salazar. And Sadler to that extent, as to why they do that. Um, you know, let's say Salazar defeated Leon, you know, could he then go, ah, oh, brilliant, right, I'll now turn back to my little weird humanoid child, or am I stuck as a bloody plant for the rest of my life? Oh, well, it says, it says yeah, in Resident Evil 5, yeah, they, once you mutate, you're fucked. So he killed Leon, right? And I was like, great, we killed him. So, uh, now what? Yeah, what, what, what do you, uh, 
What did you do? I spy? Yeah. No, we played it already. I bonded with my right hand, I think it was. And oh, is that, that a euphemism for something then? <laughs> <laughs> I bonded with my right hand and now stuck on this wall looking like a Venus flytrap plant. Oh, brilliant. But that's why Tricell improved them in Biohazard 5 because it wasn't a marketable bioweapon because whoever had a control plaga had to mutate. Didn't Krauser have control over his arm, though? Like, in Mercenaries, you could revert it back, but in the main game... Or at least Ada said that she's seen what he can do with his arm, so it's like... Oh, 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 that's another mistranslation. Oh, is it? What is, what's it original? Ada doesn't actually say anything about his arm. So he can't use that arm the same ever again, I kind of... Nope, once, he, once it mutates, it's just kind of stuck that way. I don't, <laughs> see, how, I don't see how it could revert anyway, because it, it rips his arm up. His bone mutates. That generated a lot of discussion, didn't it, that? Yeah, it's a little hard at the well, time. <laughs> so he, he, he mutated his arm and he killed Leon or whatever, right? Yeah, well, he's not going to be using that again for masturbation, is he? I should really go. like any of the characters, though, because even though the plot was out there, what about the characters? Besides Leon, of course. I will answer just yet. I thought Lois and Ada were pretty good. Yeah, I thought Ada was, uh, she was easily recognisable from Biohazard 2. She had this same personality. She hadn't changed much. Mm-hmm. Red dress is kind of out there, though. I wonder how many men she's slept with since 1998. Uh, think about it. How many men she's slept with since 1998? A lot. She's a sleeper spy like Eva. Exactly. Exactly. Think about it. But isn't there a reference somewhere that says she wore that particular red dress because Lewis was a, a ladies' man? It's a cop. Is there? I'm sure I've read that somewhere. I think I've read it somewhere, but not in something official. I think it was on a form. Ah, maybe. <laughs> I'll call him Lewis. It's Luis. Luis. Only Americans can call him Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really care much for uh, Viggo Mortensen, as I like to call him. I thought Ashley was a great character. And fuck all you haters. <laughs> she got annoying. She's voiced by Sandy Cheeks. What can you do? So? <laughs> Jill's annoying. Jill's annoying as fuck, yeah, pretentious she's, bitch. She's voiced by a Power Ranger. She's voiced by Tara Strong, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Patricia. Yeah, uh, yeah. I bring you my little pony into this one. So, rewind. Who, who's voiced by a Power Ranger? Patricia Jolly was a Power Ranger. Which one? The pink one. Oh, no, the fit the one. Kimberly. <laughs> no, no, brace yourself. I, I've never watched it recently. Apparently, if you go back and watch the original Power Rangers, she really wasn't that fit. Oh, she was. It was yeah. I said, oh, right, right, Google it, Google it. Amy Jo Johnson, she was called. Yeah, that's who you're thinking of. But she did um, vocab work, physical and vocal. Yeah, I think that was when I got my first erection when I saw her. (laughs) Wow. I'm going to go into uh, how dark the game actually got with Leon's character, because it really showed just how mad the man's been ever since Resident Evil 2, what an impact the Raccoon City incident made on him. When I first started the game, I thought it was very interesting how he goes to the village, and he enters the man's house, breaking the window, too, with his knife. But he enters the man's house uninvited, without knocking, doing anything. And the poor guy is just tending to his fire. And he sees this stranger in his house, this man he's never met. And Leon's just flashing this photo and talking in a language he doesn't understand. And the guy just tells him, who are you? Get out of my house. And Leon's, you know, still talking. He doesn't just leave. And so the guy feels the need to defend himself. And what happens? 
Leon puts a bullet in his head. <laughs> and then all his friends who were working outside happen to see this, and they think, oh, God, the police has brought this madman upon us. So they try to attack Leon. Leon pops them down, and then word spreads through the village that there's a madman on the loose with a gun. <laughs> some foreigner just doing this to them and I felt really bad like the villain in this game I gotta tell you and <laughs> I've never thought of it that way but you're quite right well they're all infected right well the first guy I killed he didn't have a parasite sprat out of him he didn't dissolve he just laid there dead on the floor and yeah, like, if, you if you examine him Leon just goes oh he's not a zombie exactly <laughs> <laughs> shit I thought he was a zombie now that's a difference between Leon and Chris because in 5 Chris goes, and he sees two men literally force a parasite in the guy's mouth, and he's there to help the guy. He doesn't just shoot him. He just tries to motion him, and the guy attacks him, and that's the difference. And they had probable cause to enter that guy's house because they heard him screaming in panic, and Chev is like, did you hear that? So that's the difference between Chris and Leon. Chris helps the people. Leon kills the people. Well, they're not so different. When Chris examines the guy he kills, he also says, oh, he's not a zombie. <laughs> Like, All these people encounter as zombies. But he saw the infection. He knew for a fact that this guy was literally being infected right in front of him. He saw the blood come out of his eyes. Whereas Leon, yeah. he had no probable cause to think the guy was infected. He did come at him with an axe, to be fair. Yeah, but Defending hey, himself. And he was protecting his home. You can't blame a guy for protecting his home. If some guy walked into my house, I would probably pull out my gun and shoot him. He didn't even knock. Fuck's sake. Exactly. And this is why America has the highest gun crime rate in the world. He's an American agent. He doesn't knock. He just kicks the door in. <laughs> what other characters? I, I didn't like Osmond Sadler much. Too cliche, even for Resident Evil standards. He could have been good, but he didn't get explained. No backstory. Wasn't no. some kind of like con man that turned up there? He was a con man, wasn't he? Who was interested in the myth of Las Plagas, and he used the villagers to get to it. It's not explained how he that. knew how he knew the Plagas were under Salazar's castle. That's not explained. <laughs> I don't think we always need an explanation, though. I certainly don't need an explanation for the tentacle that comes out of his robe. Some of the best villains are usually the ones that have to get an explanation for. It's just that with him, though, he was cheesy. He knew how Leon played, and he tried to play with that humor, too, because like, when Leon's messing with him, he's like, oh, all right, then my kid's a thorn, man. <laughs> Back in the day, Bella Lugosi could have played him. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. I thought Krauser probably had the best backstory. Although it's not really revealed a lot in Biohazard 4. No. Had to, had to wait six years. There was that, you know, he knew Leon, although we didn't know how he knew Leon. He knew Leon, and then obviously with separate ways, you saw the kind of conflict as well, and how he, you know, totally mistrusted Ada and relationship with Wesker and things. And I thought eventually it became a, he was a really good character who I wouldn't mind seeing again, and we're not going to, obviously, but. Boss fight, too. Wicked boss fight, yeah. The thing about him, though, is, like you said, when you're a fan and you're playing this 1, 2, 3, Code Veronica 4, his appearance just comes out of nowhere, literally. When yeah. you're shoving a character three quarters of the game in, and he's an important one at that, you kind of need a little bit more. <laughs> I remember before we found out who it was, I thought it was Nikolai. Stupid. Uh, oh, yeah, it's yeah. His head, what's it called? Bray? Yeah, I was just like, okay, I, I don't know anybody except bad guys and Jill that wear berets. So. <laughs> Mendez was a good character as well. I thought he was supposed to be the main bad guy in that, so I was kind of surprised when I found out he wasn't. Why did you like Mendez anyway, John? I don't know, I just thought he was... He had a cool voice, he had a cool voice actor. You know, he was quite tall and he had the biggest feet I've ever seen. <laughs>
some of the best kills too. Like if you mess up your quick time event, he just like crushes Leon's neck, and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? If and you frozen. become unpleasant to our eyes, there will be severe consequences. I love that too, because I immediately went back into the room going, oh yeah, you want a piece of me? I'm going to kick your... And then a cutscene appears, and he's kicking Leon's ass. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was just kidding. I was just kidding. That's the first introduction to Ada in the main game. Yeah, I never went back into the room. So I remember playing separate ways for the first time going, I don't remember this bit. Because where she comes down, doesn't she? shoots him. I mean, Mendes is awesome, but take away his cutscenes and his NPC powers, and he's nothing. Centipede. I was so underwhelmed by his boss fight, he turned into a fucking centipede. It was a human centipede, wasn't it? <laughs> Just a centipede standing up on two legs. That was all he was. Salazar like... flower. It, it was nice fighting like him that. in the burning shed, though. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When he mutated, he was still wearing his trousers. If only the actual creature was better. I just he mutated, he was still wearing his trousers. Yeah. When the trailer came out and they showed like that claw that ended up being part of him, everybody was like, oh, it's a tyrant. Like, it's going to fight a tyrant in this. Not quite. Not even close. <laughs> I just think Resident Evil 4 had so many classic moments that Resident Evil 5 especially just simply doesn't have. They I mean, didn't have an oven man, that's their problem. You have an oven man, he's great. But I mean, even little small things aren't particularly pivotal. I, you know, I really liked the bit on the um, the cable car going down to the caves, wasn't it? I, I really liked that little bit. I liked the intensity of the Bella sister fights. And... The bag in the dumpster was pretty good. I think that on the little cable car thing, when you're going down to fight men, there's... I think you should have fought Mendes on that cable car and had the music from A View to a Kill playing the Golden Gate Bridge <laughs> fight music. So it's like you basically have Leon on there like going along and suddenly mm, it stops. And no, 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 wait, I've got it completely wrong. I mean, shit, was it was it Moonraker or The Spy Who Loved Me where Jaws fights Roger Moore and the, the Sky Car thing? I don't know, but I, do I would have I w- I used A View to a Kill music anyway. I'd have had like... The little sort of cart thing going down, and then it stops, and then all of a sudden you see like another one coming up, and it's like dun 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 dun, dun. and then you have that John Barry music coming in there, and then you fight him on top of it, and he falls to his death, or so you think. Leon might as well be the American James Bond with his kill record. Yes. Might I also add that in Resident Evil 2, he gunned down a hit-and-run victim, too. <laughs> you see this poor woman who's on the floor, possibly a hit and run. She's trying to cling onto his leg, and I could swear I heard her like whisper, "Help me!" And then Leon's like, "No!" I don't think it helps that he shot down his boss in Resident Evil Six. If you're gonna, just... it made it easier for him. I was hoping that that would be President Graham in the Ori yeah. Six trailer, because then Ashley would have been able to come into it, but Sometimes it wouldn't have worked with the time length. Yeah, they initially like... said it was going to be ten years after. Uh... The first Resident Evil or something. Well, you, you say that. Be- it could have still worked, but he may not have been the current president. I'm pretty sure, um, Smiley, you can correct me, but don't old presidents still get known as Mr. President? Uh, Yeah, they technically, but they're like former president, and I doubt Leon's going to be like, former president! <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I'm saying like uh, our former Prime Minister Tony Blair makes an absolute fortune going around American universities milking them all for money, talking about how shit he was. It could be theoretically that he was former President Graham doing a speech at Ivy University. You know, it could have worked if they wanted. It could have worked, but I just didn't see it happening, especially the idea of Ashley running around with Scarface and doing the whole shebang. It, I was more in tune with Sherry being it, and it turned out to be Sherry, although now she's a government agent, which leads me to think that the U.S. government is probably the biggest dick in the entire series now because they like to course and force people to join their little group. 
the military mm. industrial complex. That's what it all is about. I reckon the main villain in RE6 would be the US government, or to be specific, a group within the US government. You know, I'm not saying, oh, the Patriots, blah, blah. I mean, you know, just a US government, but individuals in certain influential positions, like a cabal, if you will. And Derek Simmons will be one of these men uh, who are behind this sort of cabal, if you will, who are funding Umbrella and all these sort of pharmaceutical consortiums and companies in the past. I think you might be right with Triso perhaps involved as well. In Degeneration, there's actually a reference to the government kind of uh, developing the progenitor virus, I think. On behalf of America, I just wanted to apologize to all of you for invading your countries, gunning down all your villagers, even shooting your cow and chicken. So, on behalf of America, I do apologize. I like it when the cow, re- when the cow retaliates, because I, I don't shoot these cows, I knife them. If you stand behind it, it does kick you. Those poor Gosh. cows are like... <laughs> wow, you knife them? So it's not even a quick job for you. It's no. like getting the knife in there, you know, just stabbing away. I've, I felt more sorry for the dog in that area. That just kind of runs away from you at any time you get close to it. It's like you just know that dog's been abused. Right? Oh, oh. Our village destroyed and we're all upset about one dog. But it's odd because you could kill the fish as well, couldn't you? And put them oddly in your inventory. We all have one act of mercy. <laughs> quick question about Ori 4. Who shot the water and got eaten by the Del Lago monster? I did. No, I heard about it. Who you didn't surprise the... anyone? Surprised yeah. the fuck out of me. I was like, what? No! <laughs> I was trying to shoot the fish and see if I could get them on from the boat. And then <laughs> I should have noticed when the water started rupturing. But Oh, I didn't know that. There were some surprise kills that I really liked. Like when you drop the gigante into the lava pit and he comes out and grabs you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get too close again. That was good. What did everyone think of the bits in the castle with the zealots and the uh, the fire-breathing dragons and the massive robot yeah. Salazar. I think a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff could have been left out. Over the yeah. top. Oh, no. There's a whole roller coaster sequence, effectively, isn't there? Even in the castle, you've got the underground Indiana Jones Temple of Doom, and then you're on these bloody mine carts in the castle just to get you back to where you were. They should have kept the uh, 3.5 castle that actually mm-hmm. looked like a castle instead of just all the ridiculous shit they eventually put in. But Ashley's segment was great. I enjoyed that part, too. Yeah, that was good. You could hear the armor coming after you in the dark. That was good. Oh, yeah. No, it was pretty good. And it actually had its only puzzle in there, the only one that made you stop for a moment and be like, okay, yeah. pause the rest of the game just to solve this. Talking of puzzles, how many people lost that pendant first time, though, in the murky water? Oh, yeah. No, oh, uh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm getting it so obvious. And I'm no, and that leads on to something else, the merchant. If you did oh, yeah. trailers and you just went into this as a fan, you'd be like, okay, stranger. You just walk into the window and you're like, over here, stranger. You're a selection you're of goodbye. Random character ever, but the most important one in four. <laughs> I thought he was quite funny. And has anyone ever seen the, um, there's a spoof someone did on, is it N4G or NG4? Uh, N4G. N4G. Someone went around some uh, American mall going, what are you buying? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was, that pretty, was, that was it pretty It was fun. really good. Really funny. He got chased out of the mall by the security guards. <laughs> well, him since. He's the only thing that really, truly remains exclusive to 4, and I love it. <laughs> I really like the inventory system as well. I thought it was ingenious. They were going to bring the merchant back for 5, weren't they? But mm-hmm. changed the minds. Ah, no, there is a merchant in another game. Which one? Not enough cash. Co- confidential Straight, yeah. report. Oh, God. 
Isn't there one in the uh, mobile version of yeah. Degeneration? Yeah, there is actually. So I, I guess I take that back then. But not none like him, because in Degeneration, that was like a uh, that team that Leon goes in with. Oh, the SRT. It's one of those guys that's all covered up. Oh, well, that makes more sense rather than just some fucking Australian in Spain. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know his backstory more than Sadler's, because I can just imagine this guy is infected, and instead of he's infected, going he? against... Instead of going against Leon, he takes his opportunity to be like, I can make some money out of milk this American. <laughs> Just some random weapon arms dealer who got infected. He's like, you know what? I could attack him, but I'm not. I'm still going to do my thing. He got yeah, his he... priorities right. Exactly. In confidential reports, so he's an arms dealer. It's only available on the iMode version online. Oh. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Isn't it true thought... the merchant? If you put the. Um... What are you buying? The, the parasite viewer in front of him, he comes up with a parasite in him. I've actually never tried that. I think in yeah, some that's... parts he's human, because you can see he's got normal eyes, and then other times his eyes are red, so you, you know he's infected. Uh, what are you selling? Might have we know he's infected, though, because it actually says in Archives 2 he has a parasite inside him, but instead of attacking uh, on he sells weapons. He even has the time, God bless him, to set up a shooting gallery for us, so. <laughs> dedicated in his work. It begs the question, how long has he been planning this? Like, how long has he known <laughs> this shit's been going on? Like, village heard word of an American foreigner shooting everybody up, and this guy just was in the corner going... <laughs> <laughs> then decided to put blue bottle caps around some trees by the church and go, right, well, let's see if we can do this challenge. Te voy a hacer <laughs> <laughs> he must have known this was going to happen. Well, where is this taking place? It's like, is it Spain or is it like a... It's vague. It's just Southern Europe. Okay, so, like, he's probably not getting shit from these guys. I mean, their their currency is, like, foreign and outdated, isn't it? So It is Spain. I mean, they're speaking Spanish. For some reason, they will not say what know, country yeah. it is. You know, you know, it's funny, right? They used pesetas. They didn't switch to the euro. Who's laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The most logical explanation is northern Spain, which wants to be autonomous because it's Basque region. Is that certainly that geography and the uh, the scenery around resembles northern Spain, and it's got to be on the coast as well. Yeah, true. That's the only part of the world that it could be, because you know, autumn in Spain, other parts of Spain, it's still pretty hot, and it's not only the northern part has actual seasons, whereas the rest is quite a Mediterranean climate. But that's that's all we can go by. But yeah, it, it, it's it is Spain, but <laughs> you know, not officially Spain. It's it's stupid. Thank you for that input about the weather, Michael. <laughs> 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 that's that's all right. At least in uh, Five and Dark Psychonauts, they made up a country. Yeah, which was better. No, no, it isn't. I'd rather they wouldn't make up countries. Well, they're doing it again in Six, but they're not only making up countries, they're making up cities. Well, they've always made up cities. Raccoon City's made up. But they're kind of replacing Hong Kong with Langshang. It's not made up. I can show you guys. I, I, I thought it was, but then I just remembered there is an actual Raccoon City here. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Oh my god, that's true, it is. Oh, and I, there was like a company there. Uh, it's not called Umbrella, but they use the Umbrella logo too. And I thought that was interesting. Coincidence. Right, uh, has anyone got any other points they'd like to raise? Uh, laser Gun in the later versions, I really enjoyed it on the Wii. Mm, actually, that's a good point. Let's talk about the different, well, I suppose we touched upon the different versions with separate ways and things. I was playing it on the Wii. It has uh, aged quite poorly, I thought. But there we go. The graphics aren't as good as I remember them being. I own all versions so far, I think. I mean, at least released here in America. My favorite has been the Wii version, just because it felt more close to the GameCube version. And separate ways, um, 
like the quality of the main campaign in four felt like the GameCube quality and separate ways didn't detract from that. In the PS2 version, everything felt downgraded and the HD version don't even get me started on. The only proper way to play it, I think, is through emulation. It just looks great. It looks better than the HD collection version. The Wii controls weren't that bad, though. In fact, I, if they made more future Resident Evil games off like PlayStation Move and the Wiimote kind of thing, I wouldn't be against that, as long as it was optional. But I always thought that was a cool way to play the game. They did it with 5. I actually haven't tried that yet. It's good. I enjoyed it. How would you think this game would have been received in terms of story if it had come out after the Chronicles games? So we'd already Better. we'd already gone through Operation Javier, so you knew the history between Leon and Krauser. You knew Leon was a government agent. We'd already taken down Umbrella. And then I, I look at them as single entities anyway, because even a gamer who just jumps into a game like Metal Gear Solid can enjoy the story itself without having to play Metal Gear One and Two. With Resident Evil Four, you have to like sometimes you have to look at it as a single entity. And the story, even though it's not the greatest story, if you look at it like a cliche B-movie quality that it's aiming for, then it's fine. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. I think it's very, as I said, it's always, always been quite a separate storyline. It's only us fans that really give a shit about the story in that sense. And most reviewers just didn't care. They enjoyed it. They enjoyed it for what it is, and you know, I think that's that's the best it can do. And I think your analogy about being a savior and a curse or whatnot is is very good and spot on, really. Reviewers loved it. I'm sure it's the most well received Resident Evil game. Mm-hmm. It is one sure. of the greatest games ever. There's no denying that. Got a lot mm. of the year awards from a lot of people, except the VGAs. I think they gave that to God Award, but that's the VGAs. What do you expect? Yeah, I, I, I would just say that it's it's a superb game, and I can honestly say I've completed that game more than any others. I think it's got such great replayability. It's so much fun, especially once you complete it for the first time and you really want to go and play again because you get to keep your weapons. It's just so brilliant, and you know, there's lots of different strategies and the way the creatures are. You can you know try to take them out in different ways, and there's little things you always notice, like um, <laughs> uh, just before you fight El Gigante, there's like a little circle of crows. If you fire a flash grenade, you'll die, you know, that's quite, and you get all the points. You know, little things like that, you just, you miss them. It's just a really fun game, and I think it's only been saved as a good Resident Evil game through later releases, supplemental material, and things they like that. And it's missed the mark, though. There's some, like, five, they kind of just missed what the charm of it was, because they want to expand it and make it more action, more co-op, but there was enough horror in there to still make it, in four anyway, that made it memorable. I think the reason the horror quality downgraded from 4 to 5 was because none of the actual staff members that worked on 4 really worked on 5. None of the planners were involved, and neither was Mikami, of course. Mm-hmm. And he can make an action game, but this wasn't a traditional action game either. So Yeah, there were still some horror elements at least. Especially if you go back and play it after you've played Resident Evil 5 as well. Exactly. Yeah, certainly. There's an unnerving yeah. tension throughout the entire game. But in terms of story, too, as a separate entity, if you're if you're going to add characters third way through, like Code Veronica even added Wesker back, and only fans would know who he is. If you were starting the game with Code Veronica, you'd be like, okay, Agent Smith, whatever. kind of got to establish a lot more than just, oh, we had passed together, and that's it. So with Krauser, that was my only real complaint, as far as the story goes, is that he's meant to be a character to tie things up with Leon, but he's a new character. So you got to add a little bit more. He doesn't have like the whole Wesker thing where there was a game before him. It really had to expand upon him, and it only took Darkseid Chronicles to do that. So 
Yeah, back when Copernica came out, they were writing like uh, three or four games at the exact same time, and they were trying to link them all together, so to speak. But with four, it was just four they were working on. Mm-hmm. So they could manage to keep more of a standalone title and really related to anything else at the time. But it wasn't too bad of a distraction because what you did see with Krauser, it was still good. Yeah. Full triple play with Ada and Wesker in the mix. And again, people have to ask, well, who's Wesker? It's like, well, I guess you got to play further on to find out. And Separate Ways was good too, but I think that the only thing that brought that down was that the quality felt a lot more action-packed than Ford, especially with Ada and Address doing those cartwheel flips and all that, the hook shot that she uses quite constantly. The bit on the battleship as well. Her running El Gigante mm. high heels and knifing his parasite. It just, it's really out there. Yeah. Punctual. I like that. Is Krauser there? He's dead. Pity. But after all, just another expendable grunt. Thanks to you, however, Umbrella's one step closer to its re-establishment. And once it is, there will be significant changes in our world. <laughs> well, we've been pleased to know we've had some call-ins from some of our listeners, and the first one this podcast comes in from uh, the Horror is a live member, Crimson Elder. So let's listen to what he has to say. Hey guys, what's up? This is Crimson Elder from the Thayer Project Umbrella and Crimson and Elder Forms. Um, I've got a list of things I'm going to run through them as quick as I can. Uh, I'm going to start with trophies. Uh, I thought they were a really good adaption to the game. Made it a lot more interesting, uh, especially since this was like my 15th, 20th time through the game. It was nice to be rewarded for, for playing through it. Uh, the one problem I had with the trophies was the don't shoot a water trophy. When I first seen this, I thought, I figured you'd gather a trophy for killing a lake monster. Turns out on reflection that uh, you get you get rewarded for being eaten by the lake monster, which is a bit a bit silly in my opinion. Uh, I don't, I'm not really one for, for getting rewarded, getting trophies for dying. I think that's a bit silly. Uh, HD, uh, was, that was really cool. Uh, it was nice to see RE4 in crystal clear graphics. Uh, music, music was uh, kind of a letdown for me. I, I think Ari always getting the music right. They, they do a really good job with the music, and this time not so much. The only track I, I can remember off the top of my head would be the Save Music, which which is the only one that stands out. I can't, I, feel, I literally can't think of another song from that game off the top of my head. Mercenaries, same as uh, with the music. I thought Res Five did a much better job of Mercenaries and the music. As much as you guys don't like Red 5, but uh, I think they beat them on that one. Ports, uh, ridiculous amount of ports. Uh, if you own a console that doesn't support this game, then what console are you playing? Uh, we don't need any more RE4 ports. Enemies, uh, the best enemies got to be the Iron Maiden. So that was a really creepy enemy. First time I played it, it's, it's like wandering really slowly towards you, and then as soon as it gets by you, it starts moving really fast, and I thought it was kind of scary. Uh, files, uh, Chief Mendes. Uh, I, I don't know if he. Uh, this is my theory with Chief Mendes is files. Uh, I think that he was that sick of Ashley Graham that he actually wanted to get rid of her. So by leaving files for Leon, he was telling Leon, "Don't let Leon to the church." 
and giving him hints. I think he was leaving a trail of breadcrumbs for Leon to come and actually get Ashley, because I don't think he wants that there anymore. Uh, I think she's that annoying. I know Spencer loves that, and uh, he wants to marry her or whatever, and have his, uh, have his honeymoon on the Titanic. But uh, uh, last thing i got to say is the QTEs, uh, Quick Time Events. I thought these were really cool in RE4. Um, they, they can be a bit harsh and annoying, but uh, they, they really get you going. Like, uh, for instance, when you're running from the boulder, uh, you, you are actually running from that boulder. You're bashing on the controller. Uh, you miss that bit once and you're dead. And that's about it for me. Um, thanks for listening and I've brought up some new topics for you to discuss. And I hope to hear my voice on the next podcast. Cheers, guys. I just want to say to George Trevor, uh, that third spot is ours. Come on, you Spurs. See you guys. Yeah. <laughs> come, on, come on, you Spurs. Well, first of all, as a Spurs fan, everything you said, I agree with. He's got a good point about the music. It's quite forgettable, isn't it? I, I found for a series that's quite strong in its, um, you know, atmospheric tracks, and we all remember, you know, classic ones from RE2, 3, uh, the first one. But, yeah, no, I was quite disappointed, actually, with the music from Resident Evil 4. It's proper Welsh, isn't it? From the Valleys. Uh, yeah, so uh, some interesting points raised there by Crimson Elder. Did you get a trophy for being eaten by Del Lago, John? Me? Yeah, I thought you said you did it, like. Yeah, I, I did that. Yeah, I shot the water to get the trophy. So you have uh, to actually die to get all the trophies? Yeah, you have to actually shoot the water to get eaten. It's called Don't Rock the Boat, the trophy is called. Crimson Elder was a player of the HD version, which unfortunately I have not purchased. Upscaled version. I didn't see yes. a problem with it. I thought the HD looked fine. The only problem was they didn't do the cutscenes for separate ways. Oh, really? Because actually there's a point I always notice, because I never had separate ways on the PS2. I first time I played it was on the Wii, and I, I always thought that the cutscenes on separate ways on the Wii, you notice they appeared to be more PlayStation 2-y. Yeah. Especially when you're fighting Sadler at the end. I think there's a tiny little shot where he turns and faces the camera, and you can tell that that little shot there was made specifically for the PlayStation 2, when all the others, you know, obviously in the main mission were GameCube. And it's the only time I really felt that there's a significant difference, but um, I'd imagine it's... Um, exaggerated with the HD. He also mentioned the files as well. I think we'd all agree that this game's got the most disappointing files. Well, there weren't, there weren't any, were there? It's just Mendez leaving clues for you where to go next, basically. Yeah. It's a shame, because, again, it was an opportunity, really, to dig into the past of the uh, Los Illuminados. I would have liked to have seen more detail on the, on the origins of Las Plagas. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It almost has that extraterrestrial kind of feel about it, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, these are parasites that were found underground, but we've got no idea... You know, were they unique to that particular area? You know, do they come off a meteorite? You know, there was just absolutely nothing at all. It doesn't explain it. It just gives them to you and goes, right, just accept it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, I think as we discussed, this was designed to be for new players as well, just to get into it. But unfortunately, a lot of our, you know, purists wanted a bit more background. I would say one of the long-term problems is that, of course, there's still technically... Ganados roaming around, living their lives in the village, even after Leon leaves. It's not like, you know, Raccoon City with all destroyed, the biohazards wiped out. What's to say they're not still roaming around? Same in Kajuju as well. But haven't the guys with the control plugs, they've been killed, haven't they? So there's kind of no one to really, you know, cause them to do much. Would that be right? They would just go on about their lives as normal until some poor bastard stumbles across them, like, you know, deliverance all over again. I don't know, Paul, do you know, is there anything in the material about it? Nope. Well, that's a short conversation. <laughs> it's a slight plot hole, though, isn't it? Normally in these games, everything gets resolved with the inevitable self-destruct sequence. 
you know, that only happened on the island, meaning uh, there's still quite a large area of southern Europe slash northern Spain. Still, um, with Spain's a, in Europe. With a semi-biohazard going up. Oh, so they're in like an isolated region yeah. of Spain. And, you know, I don't think they get many visitors, if any. So... Really, they just go about their lives until some poor asshole stumbles across it and, you know, they get attacked. And, of course, the police will investigate it and put them down, I guess. Can the Ganado spread the Plagas? If Mendez and Sadler are dead, then they're almost going to be kind of just walking around like zombies, aren't they, effectively? They're not going to be sort of initiated, kind of, because they were sort of initiated by those that had the control, weren't they? You know, without the guys that can control them, then they're just going to be wandering around sort of missionless. Would that be right, Paul? I'm not even sure. It doesn't say anything. About... God damn it. You're the law master. You don't know anything. There isn't anything to know. <laughs> well, make something up and put it on the site. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know how controlled plagas are created, though, do we? I don't think they even create... It's not even stated whether they're artificial or natural, either. So. I wonder if it's like an ant colony or something where they can artificially create their own queen you know like turn a worker ant into a queen ant sort of thing i think what? that's what the ritual thing was because otherwise actually wouldn't have been able to spread the parasite in the u.s government yeah well, worker ants are like male ants you're saying they put you know the dress up a worker ant in drag and say there's our queen ladies and gentlemen <laughs> we've had another call in as well on biohazard 4 this one comes from our regular contributor Vito. so let's have a listen to that we have to go we don't have any time to waste go where Hey, it's up to us to take out Umbrella. That's it. Umbrella's going down. Chris, promise me. Please promise that you won't leave me alone again. I'm sorry, Claire, but it's not over yet. There's still something we've got to do. You mean... Yeah! Payback time. We've got to destroy Umbrella. Now, let's finish this once and for all. Three main games, three main characters, all hell bent on taking down Umbrella. And let's see what Capcom came up with. With the whole affair gone public, the United States government issued an indefinite suspension of business decree to Umbrella. Soon its stock prices crashed. And for all intents and purposes, Umbrella was finished. Why? No, really, why? Why ignore all the build-up they did for this since 1998? Yes, I have to admit, Resident Evil 4 is a great game. It had great graphics for its time, amazingly fresh gameplay that revolutionized the industry and the series for that matter, and I really didn't care that the game didn't have any zombies in it. Uh, or any classic BOWs. And yes, the game is lacking many aspects from a true survival horror game. And by the way, speaking about that, fuck the merchant. I really didn't like that son of a bitch. It really didn't got explained in the story. And I just prefer to uh, find my own weapons in ammo. It was a terrible idea in my opinion. But anyway... The real disappointment on this game is the story. I know I might be crazy and all, but isn't the destruction of Umbrella one, one, if not the most important plot of the series? And it got fucked really good. Stocks? Really? They couldn't come up with, with something better? 
They did try to fix it with Umbrella Chronicles, but I still feel that it was trying to fix something that was already broken beyond repair. Anyway, I'm really curious to see what you guys think about this, and I'm pretty sure you will discuss it on the podcast. Well, see you later, guys. Oh, and enjoy my question for the quiz. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Good call. He's not done a question for the quiz again, has he? Yes. <laughs> it's not a ridiculous one again, is it? Um, I'd open it up for the quiz. It was bloody hard last time. It was bloody stupid yes, there, last time. There is, yeah, yeah. There, there is a Vito question this week. It's Biohazard 4 related. Oh, okay. What's the question that Vito has pitched? Is it like, you know, uh, what denomination of currency does Sadler keep in his wallet? <laughs> How many leaves are on the third tree? <laughs> Without saying anything, it's a bit like that, but not... Oh, oh. second tree. I, I've, had, I've had to reduce it because there's two parts to the question, and it, and it was just bordering on the obscene of how ridiculously hard it was. So I've just I've narrowed it down a bit. What's but. the name of the Ganado on the stairs? What is he using to attack Ada One? I, I can only imagine that's the two part. <laughs> what did he what say there it? again? It's basically moaning about the lack of umbrella takedown, and yeah, that was a good point. I mean, I. But we've already touched on it, haven't we? It was a bit of a slap in the face at the time, but they've sort of bridged it now with the two Chronicles games. Yeah. Did you guys agree with his point? Because I did about the merchant. It had comedy value, I thought, about the merchant. I think we, we, you know, we touched upon it as saying how stupid it is in some sense. But it, in many ways, it kind of works. It's optional as well. He said he didn't like it, so shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> but where'd you buy all your shit from and your gear? He wants to find sure? it on his own. So if you kill the merchant, I think he turns up again, doesn't he, at the next checkpoint? Yes, yes, that's right, yeah. Well, that's a great call-in from Vito. Well played on the editing there. He's putting a lot of effort, which is always welcome on the Project Umbrella podcast. Okay, well, I think I can conclude our discussion on Resident Evil 4, and we'll now move on to Neptune and Newsy's Biohazard Quiz. Five questions, three participants, and one topic. It's Neptune and Newsy's Biohazard Quiz! Okay, and welcome to Neptune and Newsy's Biohazard Quiz. A recap of the scores. Batman, you are currently on 18 and a half points and leading. Mr. Spencer, second place on 10 and a half. George Trevor, eight and a half. I'm coming for you, Spencer. I hope not. <laughs> a recap of our guest presenters' scores. Ridley is on four points. Zombie Fred is on one and Stars Tyrant is also on one. Smiley, this is your opportunity to join that list. <laughs> it's, a like, it's a bit like Top Gear, really. You know, the is, star and a reasonably priced quiz. <laughs> George, do you remember oh. the uh, the theme song for Blankety Blank? Yeah. Blankety Blank. 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 Blankety Which one of these is not in Raccoon City? Is it A, Mina Road, B, Army Street, or C, Chumlene Drive? Could you go for the uh, the selection again? I can. A, Mina Road, B, Army Street, 
or C, Chumlin Drive. Okay. Everyone got an answer there? Mm-hmm. Question yeah. number two is a timeline question. What happens today on the 6th of May in 2008 in the Resident Evil universe? I'm going to give you all a clue, unless anyone doesn't want one. Uh, no, no, I'll give you a clue, because I did give you a clue on the last timeline question. It's a Resident Evil 5 timeline thing. So what happens today on the 6th of May 2008 in the Resident Evil universe? Question at number three. Sherry Birkin is born in 1986. What other Resident Evil character is born this year? 1986. Yep. Is this uh, strictly game-wise, like main game? It can be anything. Question number four is Vito's question. Let's move on. (laughs) How many bottle caps of Leon... Oh, fuck off! (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) How many bottle caps of Leon are there in Biohazard 4? Got my answer down there. I had to actually go on YouTube to know what the hell he was talking about, but it's the shooting range gallery. Yeah, I never bothered with that. I never bothered with it, but it's that. Really? I got all the bottle caps. (laughs) So I might know this. And question number five, that's our handover to Newsbot for that question. Okay. In the beta version of Resident Evil 4, what powers did Leon gain from the progenitor virus? Good question. I mean, the only place that I've seen Leon with a mutated arm is in that well, that image that appeared at Tier, which was then accused as being a fake by Welsh. So. Oh, it's real. Don't worry. Okay. Okay, so everyone put an answer there? Yep. Join us after this when we'll run through the answers. Super match game. I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring a touch of the Mediterranean to your home with an orange tree and oranges. Homemade clothes made easily with this knitting machine. Do it yourself in the company of a workmate drill and tools. Or double up to a versatile answering machine and telephone. A set of Les Dawson's favourite whiskey, brandy and wine glasses. And tonight's star prize is a long weekend for two in Paris. Hello and welcome back to Neptune and Newsies Biohazard Quiz and we're going to go through the answers to see what everyone's got. So, question number one, which one of these is not in Raccoon City? Was it A, Mina Road, B, Army Street or C, Chumlin Drive? What did you put, Batman? Uh, I'm going to put Chumlee Drive. Chumlin Drive. Mr Spencer, what did you put? Mina Road. Mina Road. George Trevor, what did you put? Chumlin Drive, I'm pretty sure I recognise the other two. Okay. And Smiley, what did you put? Ah, fuck, I put Army Street. Because it sounded really stupid. I can't that's, imagine Japan using But that's that. the reason why it would be in there. So you've actually all gone for completely different answers. So I can um, safely say one of you is right. Well done, Mr. Spencer! Mina Road is not in the game, but Mina Street is. Ah, oh, fuck <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So well done, Army Street and Chumlin Drive on the down a dead end. Are near the top of the city. So well done, Mr. Spencer. Fucking so, hell. It's alright. Super match game. <laughs> the one time I go with the same question, fucking John Batman gets it wrong. Question number two was the timeline question. What happens today on the 6th of May 2008? Smiley, what did you put? Sella and Wesker have their first date because I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> Batman, do you know this one? He got it last time. I'm pretty sure it's got something to do with the Reapers in the Ouroboros factory. I'm going to say there's 
a quarantine because they found the Reapers. Okay. Mr. Spencer? I put M. Suzuki kills Ryan. Oh, interesting. George Trevor, what did you put? The Uberus Laboratory. Well, it doesn't burn down, but there's a fire. There's a fire in the laboratory and it sort of damages. Like, there's an area that it damages, but not the whole laboratory. Oh, interesting. There is a fire. That is correct. Well remembered. But there's also a biohazard outbreak there, which I think is to do with the Reapers, but it is a contained one. I might have to get back to you on that one. There was a fire. There's a fire in the storage area. Definite point for George Trevor. Batman, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. Fine. Why does it always have to be complicated when I get one right? <laughs> I don't know. It's just the, the top, I'll, I'll have to look at the You've top. You've got no room to talk because when I got that question right the last podcast, you were like, oh, how has he got it right? You start questioning my intelligence. The only point, I'm, not, I'm giving you the point, GT. You're all right. But I've got to check whether or not I'll have to look on the um, on our chronology of evil available on projectumbrella.net to see. So we'll move on to question number three. Which was Sherry Birkin was born in 1986, but what other Resident Evil character was born this year? George Trevor. Well, I'm pretty much guessing, but I'm saying Ramon Salazar. Salazar. Yeah, Sal- yeah, Ramon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Batman. There's two. There's Sheva Alomar or Manuela. Smiley, what did you put? I put Manuela because she's the only other young girl. I couldn't really remember what year she was. And uh, Mr. Spencer. Manuela Hildago. If in doubt, go with Batman. <laughs> no, I had that. Re- I had the surname down, so yes, very good, very good, very good. It's Sheva Alomar. Although I only got that long, but I think you're right with Manuela. So well done, well done. So points to all bar George. <laughs> Sorry. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Question number four was vetoes. How many bottle caps of Leon are there in Biohazard Four? Batman. I don't know. Twelve. Twelve. George. Three. Mr. Spencer? Four. <laughs> Smiley? Three. A correct answer has been given. It's points to Smiley and George! Bastards. Yes! It's three! Super match game! Super match game! <laughs> High five, boy! And question number five was from Newsbot, which was uh, what's power, superpower does Leon have in one of the beta versions of Biohazard 4? George Trevor, what did you put? He has the power to cause severe fucking catastrophes on his first day in each job. <laughs> Don't you notice? It's his first day for the RPD, and there's a fucking massive catastrophe in Racking City, and then his first day on operation for the president's daughter, and she gets kidnapped. So, yeah, if you're working for an organisation and Leon S. Kedney's about to turn up, fucking run. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know. Batman? I don't know what powers he has, but it's his left arm. Yeah, I mean, he was hallucinating, wasn't he? did, and it turns into like a big tentacle snake thing. I don't know. I presume he uses it as some kind of whip. I don't know. Mr. Spencer? I just put like a sort of a tentacle arm, like Ouroboros had. Well, it's always quite similar to what, uh, what's his name ends up with? Um... Wesker. Oh, not Wesker. Um, Krauser. Krauser. Smiley, what, what did you put? Well, I put down he can go underwater and talk to the sea creatures, but uh, actually my real answer was everything about the tentacle arm except not his arm in his pants. So Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense. Oh, do you want to put us out of our misery? Yes, it's there's more than one. There's the tentacle arm, and then he's able to kind of slow down time. Oh. So it's because he's hallucinating. He can sort of... It's actually still in the uh, debug menu of the demo of the game. I think it's still there. 
Well, if anyone's played Prince of Persia 2, when you're slowing down time to run away from, I think it's death almost, the death creature looks very similar to the way the progenitor virus is represented in the Hookman, you know, in, in, in that beta version. Who put Tentacle? I did Tentacle Arm, you know, Tentacle Ulbus Arm thing. I did as well. Well, I, kind of, I mean, I said that before we even started the quiz about his arm. Well, well not during the quiz. Yeah, I put Tentacle <laughs> Third Arms. Well, that concludes the quiz. Very good scores, gentlemen. Very even, actually, today. The winner, joint first, Smiley and Mr. Spencer with three points apiece. Excellent. I said it must be my birthday. <laughs> and then in second place, Batman and George Trevor with two points. I'm checking the um, scoring for you, Batman, on May the 6th. And according to our timeline, there is only a fire breaks out during a test for loading of the virus onto missiles. So nothing about Reapers, so I can't give you the point. Fine. <laughs> so... <laughs> So what are the scores George does? Well, that means after episode five of the Project Umbrella podcast, it means, Batman, you are now on 20 and a half, still leading. Mr. Spencer, you've closed the gap a bit, and now on 13 and a half. George Trevor into double figures, 10 and a half. And Smiley, you've moved up to second place in the uh, guest podcasters with three points. So well done. That concludes the quiz. So join us for the next podcast, where we'll have another set of questions. Well, very good, very good, uh, very good quiz, gentlemen. Thank you all along for playing. We can now look forward with our next podcast, which is going to be on one of the classics, Biohazard 2. Ooh. So, yeah, we look forward to Biohazard 2. We're going to dissect the game in great detail, as we always uh, usually do. All the good points, bad points. Probably also a discussion on 1.5, maybe? Oh, yeah, we could do that. I think so, I think so. That'll compare what made it in from 1.5, what didn't. We know a lot about the uh, 1.5 story now, so I think we can discuss it. I think so, yeah. I think it'd be a great little bit like what we've done today. Uh, It'd be quite good to uh, talk about the beta. Okay, well, that concludes the podcast. We're all going off to watch Blankety Blank. (laughs) Thank you all very much for listening. And uh, we'll see you again on the next podcast. So it's goodbye from me, Neptune. Goodbye from me, Batman. Goodbye from me, um, Smiley. Goodbye from me, Mr. Spencer. And it's goodbye from me, George Trevor. And goodbye from me, Newsbot.